1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. So uh, I, I felt like when this came down Friday night, you and I were the only ones on social media who were like saying, this is a huge deal. Biden is screwed. This is enormous. I mean, first of all, tell me why you think that's the case.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I think this is a situation where conservatives really ought to take the win. Obviously, the appointment of Weiss as the special counsel is an attempt to slow walk everything that's happened in, in, happening in Congress. It's it's an, a, an attempt to, to continue this cover up. Right. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is I, Joe Biden is caught dead to rights here. We now know that Hunter Biden was selling access to and influence over. Joe Biden. I mean, that's not in dispute anymore. Dan Goldman says that, right? We know that Joe Biden was actively involved, uh, whether knowingly or not, in doing this. That leaves one of two possibilities. Either Joe knew and he's guilty of bribery or Joe didn't know and he was taken for a complete ride and the American people were taken for a complete ride uh, by his son either one is not only impeachable, but probably reason enough for him to resign.
1: Well, yeah. And taken for a ride, fine. But understand, he's lived in Washington since 1972 at the highest levels of power, either as a senator, a vice president, and now as a president. You can't claim ignorance. You can't walk away. I had no idea that that was Rob. Of course he knew. Or he's an ignoramus. It's one of the two. Yes.
2: I I mean, that's absolutely true. And you know, it, it potentially goes even beyond Joe Biden. I mean, did nobody in the Obama White House know that this was going on? I mean, were, were, there, were there conversations? Did anybody go up to Joe or to Joe's office and say like, hey, you got to check out what your son's doing over in Ukraine because it looks a little sketchy, right?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. What did Obama know and when did he know it? Or the Kerry State Department or the Clinton yep. State Department. Uh, there's also an aspect of this. You mentioned Representative Goldman. He was it. He was the only one I scanned. I was looking everywhere for a Democrat stepping out and saying, oh, now, now, it's not that big a deal. Dan Goldman, who, by the way, is independently wealthy because he's an heir to the Levi Strauss fortune. So he doesn't have to worry about fundraising. He's in a solid Democrat district and he's only been in Congress for six months, David. And that's the only guy that can step forward and try to defend Biden.
2: Well, and he was also the lead prosecutor for the House and the first impeachment, which involved, obviously, Burisma and Ukraine and all this stuff. So, I mean, this is a guy who has his own skin in the game, because right now, it looks like his prosecution was not just ill-fated, but potentially malicious. I mean, how much of the information that we now know about Hunter was available to Democrats in Congress at the time that, that Trump was impeached? So. I, I, it makes sense that Dan Goldman would be the only one out there because he's covering his own you-know-what as well.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. However, uh, you can start to feel it, at least here in D.C. You're starting to feel this sort of anticipation that one of these Democrats will step forward and saying, yeah, I got a problem with this. This is a problem. Some somebody's going to step out and, if not outright throw Joe Biden under the bus, at the very least, be that maverick who says, no, no, no we should stand for better than this. Who do you think it's going to be? Uh,
2: if I had to guess, I would pick somebody like a Ro Khanna, the, the representative from California. Um, I, I think it's got to be somebody who's not too closely tied to Obama world, mm. because the play here for a Democrat outside of Obama world is you become president, the the age of Obama is over, Right the age of obama kind of extended under joe biden because joe biden was obama's vice president and he staffed you know his white house completely with like obama people i mean if if a guy like gavin newsom wants to be the new king of the democrat party um this is the way to do it and you'd have to ice out team obama so it's going to be somebody from from one of those types of camps
1: Uh, you let's go back to one of the first things you said there were Republicans need to learn how to take the W and listen I understand why Republicans feel so beat down and why they don't see any hope because I've been paying attention for the last 10 years and the two tiers of justice and how Hillary can get away with it and and how Republicans are are dealt with I get it but what is it about Republicans that that can't take the W that that we can't see this for what it is which is At the end of the day, it's been a horrible weekend for Joe Biden. This is the beginning of the end, in my opinion. And and so few of us can actually see it that way. I mean, look, you can walk and chew gum at the same time here, right? I mean, we
2: can acknowledge that this is absolutely an attempt to cover up, uh, you know, the Biden brand scandal, which is my preferred term for it at the moment, um, Mm. while acknowledging that you've got the Washington Post editorial board, not an op-ed, the editorial board saying that Joe's behavior here was, quote, not spotless, right? Right. You've got Doug Schoen uh, writing an op-ed over at the Messenger uh, talking, saying that this is a scandal of access. Okay, but like...
1: That's a scandal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, the media (laughs) cannot ignore it now. I mean, the... Guys over at Media Research Center have done all these studies about how, you know, maybe the networks covered four minutes of the whistleblowers or two minutes of Devin Archer. Now you can't ignore it. Yes,
2: that's right. And I think that may also sort of answer this question about like why it's difficult for Republicans to take the win is I think a lot of conservatives believe that there is no point at which the New York Times and The Washington Post and CNN are, are going to Stop with you know the charade of of covering for yeah. Joe and Hunter Biden, but there there honestly is. I mean at, at the end of the day, these people are still professionals, and there is a point at which they're gonna have to stop humiliating themselves.
1: Um, while this was all taking place, you saw the amazing scenes in Iowa. I I want to go to that state fair that uh, during a presidential year that just looked awesome. Uh, you had all the candidates out there flipping pork chops and eating things on a stick and. Uh, this is leading can sell
2: us the, sell the town a boys band, Larry.
1: <laughs> and this is leading us to the debate in ten days, uh, whether Trump's on the stage or not. Let's set Trump aside for a minute. How do the candidates handle this stuff—the Biden thing? Because to me, if I'm running for president, I'm going to spend all my time talking about Biden. I'm not even talking about Trump. This is about Biden. This is about the future of the country. Yeah,
2: I, I think there may be a way to sort of like thread the needle and, and get a two for one there. By pointing out that potentially not not potentially in fact, this is already happening that trump's legal woes, the fact that he's as of this week going to have apparently four indictments, you know be as Chris Christie puts it out on bail in four different jurisdictions, that this makes it harder for Republicans to attack. Uh, Joe Biden and the Biden brand scandal in general. Um, Now, that's true. We've already seen Democrats start with the whataboutism. Well, you know, Trump's under all these things. So I I think you may see a DeSantis or maybe a Vivek or, you know, sort of make that argument of we need someone cleaner here to really create the the dichotomy. So in other words, it
1: it would be great to make a big deal about these Biden crimes as long as we had a candidate who also wasn't under indictment. Yeah, that that's, yes. yeah, that is a needle yeah. to thread, that's for sure. What about Trump? Are you surprised? He seems to be still spending most of his time attacking DeSantis.
2: It's odd. Um, I, I don't understand it. I, I think right now, clearly for months, what what Team Trump has been trying to do is create an era of inevitability, like, you know, this thing's over, right? And you, you, you see them saying, like, everybody should drop out right now and put all their money behind Trump. And Clearly, that's not going to happen before Iowa or New Hampshire, but Trump's kind of stagnant in the polls at around 50 percent, which is which is great. I mean, that's obviously anybody in the field would trade places with him right now. But I I don't see him pivoting to attacking Biden. I don't see him pivoting to a sort of general election um, type of, of campaign. And that does surprise me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review.